Welcome, Litigation Nation. I'm your host, Jack Sanker. Today's stories, nine families of victims of the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting agreed to a massive settlement with gun manufacturer Remington Arms. George Zimmerman's lawsuit against the family of Trayvon Martin is dismissed. And the White House is temporarily blocked from calculating the social cost of carbon, methane, and other harmful gases when it comes to federal regulatory activity. All of that and more, here's what you need to know. Up first, the families of victims of the Sandy Hook school shooting have, after seven long years, reached a settlement with Remington Arms, the manufacturer of the AR-15 gun used in the shooting, which was for $73 million. The lawsuit alleged generally that Remington improperly marketed the military-grade weapons to civilians and, in doing so, increased the foreseeable risk that it would be used in a mass casualty event. Specifically, the lawsuit was brought under the Connecticut Unfair Trade Practices Act, according to a recent Law 360 report and one from March of 2019. The suit alleged that even lawful sales of the AR-15 amounted to basically negligent entrustment, is what I can glean at least, because the guns themselves were too dangerous to entrust to just anyone. The Colorado Supreme Court in 2019 recognized that this cause of action arose under the Unfair Trade Practices Act, acknowledging that the plaintiff's allegations that Remington played up the notions of independent vigilantism and ads for the gun was a violation of that act. According to Law 360, quote, their suit claimed Remington had highlighted aspects of the weapon's deadly power in an effort to market it specifically to younger audiences. Remington's advertisements for the AR-15, including comparisons to the same matte black, non-reflective finish found in quality military-type arms, and included a description of the weapon as the uncompromising choice when you demand a rifle as mission-adaptable as you are, and included swaggering taglines like, Forces of Opposition, Bow Down, You Are Single-Handedly Outnumbered. This week, however, the case settled for $73 million. Law 360 interviewed Kevin Boyle, the California attorney who obtained $800 million in a settlement with MGM Resorts after the Vegas mass shooting in 2017, and he said, quote, I'm sure a lot of the documents are under protective order, but the ones that did manage to get filed publicly will be illuminating. I think that at minimum, some of the marketing practices are going to have to change. It was pretty clear that they are marketing these things not as hunting rifles, but as combat weapons, with a style that seemed to be directed at a younger set, like 18-year-olds who would be into those types of weapons, unquote. The piece also notes that this could give rise to similar suits, of course. This type of settlement is rare, though there are not many instances of gun manufacturers getting dinged for how they market their weapons, but this could change how manufacturers behave going forward, and it could change the way in which gun manufacturers advertise in general. Maybe less nods to machismo, special forces, Call of Duty references, things like that. We shall see if these lawsuits become a trend. Next, in a world with precious little good news these days, I am pleased to report that the lawsuit of George Zimmerman, remember him, against the family of Trayvon Martin has been dismissed. We don't have to rehash the details of the Trayvon Martin case, the controversy around Florida's stand-your-ground laws, etc. Regardless, Zimmerman filed suit against the family of Trayvon Martin, the child that he shot about 10 years ago. He also sued HarperCollins Publishers, which published a book written by Martin's parents about the shooting. The lawsuit claimed that Trayvon Martin's parents, along with the publisher, participated in a conspiracy in an effort to get the charges filed against Zimmerman, 
and have tried to, quote, destroy his goodwill and reputation in the community, unquote. Zimmerman also claimed that the defendants portrayed him as a racist murderer who profiled Martin. Thankfully, Judge John Cooper dismissed all counts against the family and publisher, noting that Zimmerman had failed to properly plead his claims, stating, quote, there can be no claim for conspiracy to defraud if there is no adequately stated claim for fraud, unquote. Generally, the less I say about this one, the better, but I'll just end with noting that it's a good thing that the case against Martin's parents has been dismissed. Our last story of the day in some administrative law news, a U.S. district court granted an injunction blocking the White House efforts to increase the government cost estimates for greenhouse gases used by executive agencies. Now, I actually didn't know this, but apparently day one of the Biden administration, President Biden signed Executive Order 13990, which rolled back some of the Trump executive orders regarding permits for pipelines, uh, climate, things like that. Specifically, however, Section 5 of the bill contained a provision that would create a certain methodology for calculating what the executive order calls would be the, quote, social costs of carbon, nitrous oxide, and methane, which would then be used to promulgate certain other climate-related rules. And I'll read from the EO here. Quote, the social cost of carbon, social cost of nitrous oxide, and social cost of methane are estimates of the monetized damages associated with incremental increases in greenhouse gas emissions. They are intended to include the changes in net agricultural productivity, human health, property damage from increased flood risk, and the value of ecosystem services. An accurate social cost is essential for agencies to accurately determine the social benefits of reducing greenhouse gas emissions when conducting cost-benefit analysis of regulatory and other actions, unquote. And the Law 360 piece that I'm looking at here describes the provision as follows. The social cost of carbon metric is used by agencies to place a monetary value on the damage that projects may have on public health through their production of greenhouse gases. Anyways, on February 11th of this year, a Louisiana federal judge granted a preliminary injunction against Biden's EO, directing the agencies to use this social cost model brought by a number of states. Biden's methodology for calculating damages of incremental increases of greenhouse gases was much more burdensome than that that the Trump administration used, according to the plaintiffs. Now, the plaintiffs in this case, which was a number of red states that have large energy economies, allege that they rely heavily on tax revenues from that energy production. If the cost of doing energy business in those states were raised via this EO, their tax revenues would decrease. They allege that the social cost methodologies would significantly increase the cost of doing business in those states. District Court Judge James Kane stated in his ruling, quote, in other words, the social cost of greenhouse gases estimates artificially increase the cost estimates of lease sales, which in effect reduces the number of parcels being leased, resulting in the states receiving less in bonus bids, ground rents, and production royalties, unquote. The states contended that the social cost metrics violate the Administrative Procedure Act and that the executive branch lacks the authority to enforce or enact them. Quote, Biden's attempt to control the activities of the American people and the activities of every business from Main Street to Wall Street has been halted today, according to Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry. Biden's executive order was an attempt by the government to take over and tax the people based on winners and losers chosen by the government, unquote. 
Apparently, the injunction is based on Biden's delegation of the calculation of the social cost methodology to the interagency working group, which is another group created by the EO. That group contains the Secretary of the Treasury, Interior, Agriculture, Commerce, Transportation, and numerous other administrative agency heads. I also know that the group has not formally promulgated a full version of the social cost policies. The lawsuit seems to be challenging that group's ability to promulgate the rule itself as an unlawful delegation of authority by the president. The parties also challenged the fact that the interagency working group included consideration of global impacts of emissions on climate change, which the district court judge said is something that the law does not allow. Put another way, according to Judge Kane, the law can only address the effect of American industrial activity on domestic ecological concerns, not on global ones. It looks a lot more like a question of administrative law and a separation of powers than an actual substantive roadblock to the goals of the Biden executive order. And I assume that Biden could just direct the proper agency to compute something similar to the social cost model, and that would pass constitutional muster at least. However, this will delay the promulgation of the rule and its effectiveness until likely after the midterm elections and potentially longer. Ultimately, it's probably not a huge deal. The idea, however, to conceptualize and quantify the amount of damage a certain activity would have on the environment and use that number to justify granting permits, grants, and allowing the government investment is interesting and in and of itself is something I wasn't even quite aware of. Whether the Biden administration's methodology is accurate or not is besides the point. Reducing any major decision to a cost-benefit analysis with hard numbers backing up the positions of each option is, I think, generally a good thing. We'll see if the Biden administration is able to pivot to a more by-the-books methodology and get around these lawsuits. Thanks, everyone. That's the show. Let us know what you think. If you think there's another topic out there we should be covering, if you think I spend too much time on boring administrative law minutia, as always, help us beat the algorithm by subscribing and reviewing the show wherever you get your podcasts. Otherwise, we'll talk to you next week. Cool. Cool.